Coming up on Stu Does America, we've scoured the planet to find the top examples of stupidity for our cancel culture Olympics. Speaking of Olympic athletes, Jeffy stops by to share some stories of his adventures with his best friend, Robert De Niro. And Jason Buttrell previews Glenn's new special tonight, uh, uncovering Black Lives Matter's plot to destroy the family. It's going to be a good one. You don't want to miss it. If you're not a Blaze subscriber, you are surely missing out on content from myself, Glenn Beck, Stephen Crowder, Chad Prather, and more. Subscribe now at blazetv.com slash stew. Make sure to use the code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and it'll save you 10 bucks. And you can always get the show for free. Just search YouTube for stew and I will be the first one there. I beg of you to subscribe and click the bell for notifications and of course to comment below and like our videos, including this one. Click like right now before I forget or you forget or I say something that pisses you off or you say something that pisses me off. We don't want any of that to happen. And we would really love it if you would subscribe on iTunes and rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Remember, five stars is the appropriate number of stars and a quick, it's great, whatever, is a way to tell us you're part of the Cool Kids Club. We feature your reviews at the end of the show. Now, let's take a look at the very best our ridiculous country has to offer in the world of cancel culture achievement. Stu does America. As our world continues to get dumber and dumber, it's important that we take a moment to pause and reflect on all the incredibly inane nonsense that exists in our world. It seems like we're bending the rules of logic to an unthinkable extreme. So, my friends and allies, I'd like to welcome you to the games of the first cancel culture Olympiad, where we award achievement medals in the world of ridiculous cancellation. These people have had their lives ruined and destroyed for completely innocuous acts, which no rational person could possibly perceive as problematic. However, they will at least receive a special Stu Does America Olympic medal. I mean, we don't have the budget for actual medals, but it's, you know, it's a virtual medal. They'll, they'll like it, don't worry. Sometimes these people are undeserving victims of a vicious and insane mob. Sometimes they're such pathetic pushovers that their apologies will warm your hearts and destroy your soul. But all of them have been a participant in the downfall of our society in one way or the other. So let's honor their achievements, shall we? Our bronze medal today goes to the senior curator of painting and sculpture at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Was he some hate-mongering white supremacist? Well, of course he was, even though it would be hard to see this hatred coming because, you know, the fact he's a curator of a San Francisco museum and uh, had called a Zoom meeting to explain how they were trying to diversify the artists being featured there. After going through all the work, from the people of color that the museum was preparing to feature, he threw out as an aside a comment that would change his life forever. He said, embrace yourself. Don't worry, we will definitely still continue to collect white artists. Now, of course, the correct thing to say is that you believe all white artists should be murdered for their whiteness. But no, in fact, someone asked him about it afterward and he said, quote, that the museum could not avoid collecting the work of white men, which would, of course, amount to reverse discrimination. <gasps> oh, my. I hope you were in a safe space when you heard that. Now, there are some people out there that would still hold on to the idea that eliminating an entire race from your museum does sound a bit discriminatory. 
But those people are bad people. Our bronze medal winner was then asked to clarify his comments. Surely he couldn't be saying that his museum would display art from white people, right? His response, quote, to say that we will not collect another white artist, I absolutely do not agree with. Oh, my. Obviously, a petition was circulated with an absolutely rational reaction. Quote, Gary's removal from San Francisco MoMA is non-negotiable. Considering his lengthy tenure at this insinuation, we wonder, institution, we wonder how long his toxic white supremacist beliefs regarding race and uh, equity directed at his position. This is just nonsense. A position curating the content of his museum. Blah, blah, blah. It makes perfect sense if you think about it or don't think about it. He said he would not exclude white people. The literal definition of white supremacy. If you're a white supremacist yourself, you might think he deserves an apology. But no, he needed to apologize for himself. I want to offer my personal and sincere apology to every one of you. I do not believe I have ever said that it is important to collect the art of white men. I have said that it is important that we do not not exclude consideration of the art of white men. Nevertheless, he said, I realize in the current climate I can no longer effectively work at San Francisco MoMA. Congratulations, Gary Garrels, canceled from his life's work, but a winner of the bronze medal in the cancel culture Olympics. Our silver medal winner comes to you from the suburbs of Chaz, also known as Seattle. A local ginger beer company has thankfully been called out for her cultural appropriation. I sincerely hope you're listening to this show on podcast today instead of viewing it because I'm about to show you a shocking photo. Yes. It is a white woman with dreadlocks. Just one look at this woman, and I am sure you're thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. Basically, David Duke. Am I right? It's basically David Duke. Now, obviously, just being a white woman with dreadlocks is enough to cancel her business and probably imprison her for life. But it gets so much worse. Thankfully, this detective of racism on Instagram was willing to call it out. Quote, she is a white woman with dreadlocks and allegedly gives her product to cops, the people brutalizing her customer base for free. That's right, people. She is giving ginger beer to our oppressors. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. We need to defund the police, not fund the police with ginger beer. Hot on the case of racism in the soda production world, this racism detective did not let up, noting, quote, no one has confronted her about how her choice to willfully appropriate black hairstyling is highly problematic. Can you believe this? No one confronted her about her problematic hair or her free ginger beer to cops. Until racial equity is achieved in wealth, politics, education, and work. White people should not be wearing dreads out of love, solidarity, and respect for black people. At least, this is my current understanding. (laughs) I love that. So look, once we receive full equality in wealth, politics, education, and work, that'll be easy. Then we can let female business owners choose their own hair. At least, this is our current understanding. Obviously, that could change tomorrow, and then you will be held to that new, currently unknown standard, measured retroactively and without grace. Luckily, our dreadlocked white woman got the message posting, quote, Hello, everyone. It's Rachel. I have come to understand far too belatedly that my hairstyle is harmful. 
It is clear that I have been stubbornly resistant, and I sincerely apologize to those I hurt. I am deeply sorry for the pain I caused to the members of the African-American community who have been and still are discriminated against and mistreated for having dreadlocks. And I am so sorry it took so long to admit my and address my mistake. I have an appointment to remove my dreadlocks. Yes, decapitate each individual lock and make them dread they were ever dreadlocked. Congratulations, Rachel Marshall, founder of Rachel's Ginger Beer in Seattle. You've won a silver medal in today's Cancel Culture Olympics. And finally, our gold medal winner, highlighted by Instagram account Vegan Street Fair. A simple message to all vegans. Now, you might think vegans would be some of the most woke among us. But soon you will know the truth about the incredible and close ties between white supremacy and veganism. Mm -hmm. The attached text notes, I realize many of y'all aren't ready for this conversation, but you have to get up to speed ASAP if you truly want to be allies of this movement. Well, that's me. I want to be up to speed. So what do we need to know? The first page shows that African-Americans are more likely to be vegan than white people. Now, you might think that this works against the vegan white supremacy thesis, but you just wait. Despite the fact that the vegan movement is largely supported and advanced by people of color, mainstream veganism is overwhelmingly white and inaccessible. All too often, it is complicit in maintaining white supremacy in both our food system and the world at large. Do you want white supremacy in your food system? I know I don't. How is this happening? Well, in part by, quote, repackaging foods traditionally eaten by BIPOCs or black indigenous people of color for centuries as new or novel, such as tofu or quinoa. There is nothing more white supremacist than trying to take credit for tofu and quinoa. Then there is the helpful list of things for white people to do. So their veganism is just a little less Nazi-like. First, don't co-op BLM or other movements led by BIPOCs. Sorry, Whitey. Marxists have already taken care of that whole thing. Don't claim your diet or lifestyle is truly free. This one's interesting because you'd think if they're also vegan, you'd have the same diet. So why wouldn't it be cruelty-free? Easy answer. White people are involved. Don't demonize BIPOCs that are not vegan while ignoring the role of Western imperialism in popularizing meat and dairy. Now, this might be tough for some people because I'm pretty sure the first words in the vegan constitution are that you should demonize anyone that isn't vegan. But if they're vegan and black, you shouldn't criticize them. Because the white man and his imperialism has forced meat and cheese to be popular, and therefore black people are blameless in their animal murder. Obviously. So while in some ways this medal of white supremacy goes to all vegans, it specifically calls out the racist name of two white vegans, the founders of Thug Kitchen. They've dedicated their lives to combining vegan recipes with lots of swearing which made them edgy and stuff. But the word thug is very problematic. As Vice so brilliantly noted, either they knowingly benefited from a form of digital blackface or they're racially tone deaf. <laughs> now, some people might think that suggesting the word thug has something to do with black people is racist in and of itself. But you know who would say that? The KKK. That's who. So congratulations to Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway, founders of Thug Kitchen, who 
would later apologize and are now known as bad manners food. You, along with all white supremacist vegans, have won the gold medal in today's edition of the Cancel Culture Olympiad. We live in insane times, man. You need something quality. You need something grounded. You need something, somebody, a group of people to be around that makes sense. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a great uh, source for that. They're veteran-owned and operated. They're a premium, small-batch, roast-to-order coffee company. They're not gonna, they're not gonna harass you. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna cancel you. You're just gonna order Black Rifle Coffee. They're gonna send it to your house. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be the best. They import only the highest quality beans from around the world and always roast the freshest coffee available. All their blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties. Most of them, too, are in the little coffee rounds that you can buy, and that's the easiest way, uh, if, especially if you're, if you're like my household. That's all, that's all we use. Uh, blast, uh, the, the best way to do it, though, is to get the Black Rifle Coffee Club because they'll send it right to your house. You just choose the amount and the blends that you want, and they will send it to you at a special discounted price, shipped free directly to your home. Or if you're going back into the office, it's a great way to go back to work. Wake up to America's coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. Enter the discount code stew. You're going to receive 20% off. And, of course, if you enter the discount code stew, that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus 20% off your first order of any coffee product, including the coffee club, which is really cool. That's blackriflecoffee.com. Slash stew. Guys, you have no idea how excited I am to introduce my next guest. This is a man who we've been trying to get on the show for ages. Someone whose very presence elevates this show far above its normal level. Please try to contain your excitement as I'm trying and failing to do right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of Chewing the Fat with Thank Jeffy you. Fisher. It Thank is. you. Why, you didn't need to stop. I mean, I, it was... I had something in my throat. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff, well, I'm excited. Thanks for having me, Stu. I wanted to be here last week to celebrate your how many shows? Is Hundredth episode. Yeah, you're, that's why I want to celebrate the celebration. But pretty I massive. Make it. I was out yeah. of town. Yeah, that's, I, so. you actually were there the day of the taping. You just didn't stick around. But um, I'm It's interesting because uh, 100 episodes not really an accomplishment, as you know. Like when you're doing a weekly show, it's not even half a year. Uh, and, you know, they, they don't really have a choice at this point. They just launched the show. What are they going to do, take it off that fast? Mm. I know you've been arguing for mm. it behind the scenes. But, um, <laughs> now, this, this is actually a momentous occasion because this is the first time you've been out of the house to come on this show. For, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. You've been on the show, but only from home. Yeah. You were hiding in your wherever you were. Locked down at the bunker. Yeah. Yeah, the quarantine bunker. So and I still, in. I'm starting to, you know, open up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I go out. In fact, this past weekend, I went to an event. Where there were, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred people, maybe. Okay. And it was a little frightening. Now, is that allowed? A couple hundred people? What's the limit right now in I, Texas? I'm I sure. don't know. I thought it was only 10. <laughs> but I showed up at this event, and there was a couple hundred. And there That's was a, a, the overall percentage of the people at this event were not wearing masks. Ah, yeah. And it was a little... A little shaky. Do you still have that uneasy feeling? A little shaky, yeah. I remember coming out of quarantine. This guy, the audience kind of went through this with everyone, yeah, with all of, of us. I remember the first time we got to the end of that week that oh, restaurants opened up. Lisa and I, we, I left from here. I didn't even go home. <laughs> we went directly to a restaurant because food is very important yeah, to me. Oh, hello. Yeah. I mean. um, and it, but it was weird. It was weird. It was like it, it, 
you know, you go out to a restaurant not just to eat, but because of the experience. Yeah. And that experience was not as, as good as I remember it. Now, it's a little more normal now, though. I mean, you, you maybe have to put the mask going in the door, but you're, you're not, you don't have the mask on on the table. Yeah, well, I, at this event now, there were people, you know, that were uh, servers and things. They were wearing all masks and gloves and everything. But the people that were there for the event, most of them were not wearing masks. And I wasn't because, look, if you feel like you have to wear a mask, wear a mask. Mm-hmm. I'm just against being told that you have to do something. Yeah. It really just bugs well, me. And that's different. That's a personal liberty argument, right? Like, I want, I don't like to be told to do anything. I know. And <laughs> I know. I, I'm more... Because they mandated, I'm less likely to. I know. Be, and, I, and that's a terrible instinct, probably. But it's so true, at and least with me. It's really hard. Like, my, my wife really has a problem health-wise to wearing a mask. And they all, all these places, uh, even the state mandates and the business mandates, all have their special uh, disclaimer that you don't have to wear one if it's a health issue. Nobody cares. Oh, really? Nobody asks you if you have a health issue. And even if you say, well, it's a health issue, so you have to wear a mask. Mm. Nobody That's lives through that disclaimer. That's interesting. Because especially if it's under stated policy, they'd they, probably have to honor it. They do, because do have, like, if, if they didn't have that in, in, in the mandate, then people would cry foul, right? right. Mm-hmm. So it's in the mandate, but nobody follows it. So I don't know how you yeah, and you I don't, pass of course, that. And of course, obviously, plenty of people who just didn't want to wear masks would just say they had a health okay, issue. Okay, well, well. I mean, again, okay. I, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that, like, it, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, that doesn't mean every single place you go, <laughs> you have to be prepared, protected at all times. The more you do it, the more people who participate, the it better. probably will improve things. Sure. That doesn't mean you, you psychotically berate a person who's walking down the street oh, with a mask on. And I, I I, people can't get their arms around No, it. they can't. They really can't. And, and I know, uh, well, here in the state of Texas, I mean, the world is ready to, you know, shove Abbott off a cliff because he mandated masks. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, you know, okay. Like, I, you know, I, I, we had Chad Prather on who, who was running for oh, governor he must because run for of me. it, right? Like, he's, that's how pissed off people right. are. I, I mean, I, I kind of fall back to the idea of like, Governments do these sorts of things. It's particularly someone like Abbott, who was, remember, the first guy in America who spoke up as a governor who's saying, we're going to open up, here's the plan. Good. The first one. Um, so he's not like a guy who's against opening the economy. This is not Gavin Newsom we're talking about, right? And so my belief is these governments do these sorts of things to signal. Not virtue signal, but serious signal. Like Abbott is looking at this and saying, this could make a real difference if I don't mandate it, people don't think it's serious, so they don't do it. If I mandate it, people will start doing it. And I think that is true with some people. Um, But I think the opposite is true with some people, too. I get annoyed. You know, even though, like, I, I, you know, I'm taking this pretty seriously, and I, you know, I don't... I most definitely have been, yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean I want to be told that I have to wear masks. I know. Look, we're Americans. We're pains in the asses. That's basically the story. I know. And look, times are tough for everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. Stu, I know everybody's struggling yeah. through the through the uh, lockdown, and it looks like it kind of feels like we're getting close to, you know, more places locking down yeah, again. Sure. California, I don't know that they, okay. you know, I don't know that we ever will here again, but it just kind of feels like we're nudging Going the wrong direction. That. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, people are struggling. People are struggling. For instance, uh, well, Robert De Niro, you know, the actor Robert De Niro, not the. That's the person you're going to bring up for struggle, yeah, yeah, not, not like the, the millions of people out of work. Robert De Niro. No, no, well, I did not the actor. I'm not talking about the hot dog vendor, Robert De Niro. Oh, okay. Robert De Niro, the actor. Okay. Yeah, he's struggling. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look, his restaurant had to close down, 
right? Uh, his hotel had to close down. Oh, my gosh. He's got, he's got no money coming in. A movie he was wait, supposed wait. to film. Wait, why does he have no money coming in? The guy's made like every big movie. He was supposed to film a movie mm-hmm. uh, that is now shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cut his wife's credit card limit. I'm sorry, his ex-wife. He cut his ex-wife's credit card limit in half. Oh, no. And no, she is... She is not happy. She went before a judge and said, Your Honor, he cut my credit card, my American Express credit card, from $100,000 to $50,000 a month, and I can't do it. And the judge is like, Nah, you're fine. I I think $50,000 is fine. But he made Robert give her an extra $75,000 to find a summer home. Because well, you gotta. I, she's got the kids. You can't live in one home. And so, uh, and and she's now getting struggling because Robert, during their prenup, is supposed to pay her a million a year mm-hmm. if he makes fifteen million a year. Ah, I have the and same his, arrangement with my wife. Right, mm-hmm. and his people <laughs> are saying, well, he's not going to be able to make that uh, this year. He's only going to make. Somewhere between three and eight million. Oh my gosh! This year. is so. You know, no one, no one talks about these sorts of serious issues. Thank you. Except, except on chewing the fat. Thank you. The only place you could find information like. Well, I like to talk about people who are struggling. Yes, yeah, you do. You do. People are struggling. You do. Um, <laughs> uh, now, when it comes to uh, masks. Would you consider wearing one, not because of COVID, but just because of generally whatever else is swimming around? You know, whatever other diseases well, you have. Yes. You yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah why I not? I mean, most of them, I'm not saying are. There was are a guy, the guy in Texas, the, the one Department of Health guy in Texas was asking people to wear masks in their home. I know. Come on. This what? is why this stuff gets ridiculous. Like, I went to a, um, a Little League uh, tournament my son is in this weekend. And, the, you know, they're, they're back to having baseball here, which is nice. great. I'm happy. But about everybody's got to wear a mask. Uh, uh, yeah, not outside. Um, Ooh, although okay. I think you had to watch. You were supposed to wear it, I think, when you were coming on the property or something. I don't yeah. know. They were, they were not re- enforcing the mask okay. thing. And to me, you know, I've said this a million times, but, like, you're outside, especially if you're not right in someone's face. You're fine. Yeah, masks you're outside fine. are pretty stupid. I mean, they're pretty stupid. There's not a lot of science behind yes. it. What they're trying to do is get people to do it all the time. So it's second nature and they don't forget about it. And it's, you know, I understand why they do these things, but it's, it's still not helpful. Make it easy. Be honest about it. Just let people make their own freaking decisions. So we're at this. uh, It's great that we were America. Yeah, I know. It's almost like a country that was built on freedom, something like that. (laughs) So we're at this little league tournament and they have, you know, the seating behind uh, home plate uh, comes around home plate and it's got the two bleachers, you know, home uh, and visitor bleachers, which takes up, let's say, 40 percent of the space behind uh, uh, behind home plate. And of course, that's where everyone sits and watch the game. Well, it's COVID-19 era. So what they've done is they've blocked off the bleachers. Now, I don't know what that's supposed to do exactly. Like, I, I don't know if people were licking the bleachers uh, routinely. but Well, they were yelling and screaming. And if they yell and scream, uh, that air goes to the players, right? <laughs> or, yeah, or like maybe the, the, if you're someone behind you is yelling, it comes over your head. And I guess maybe you look up and you breathe in at the right moment. Well, Again, whatever. these things are not actual threats when it comes to COVID-19. It would be incredibly difficult. However, well, what do people do when the bleachers are marked up. They gather off. together on the sides. They black get, so everyone brought their own individual chairs, sat them right next to each other. So it was <laughs> jam-packed with people yes. right behind home yes. plate. 
and had to have been worse had to than have. the alternative of had people. Or because, you know, some people would have done that anyway. If you would have opened the bleachers, half of them would have gone to the bleachers and half of them. Most people, and it would, you probably really, really would have a better social distance plan yeah. if the bleachers were open. Yeah, and there's so many of those things, Jeffy, that I think that is such a big part of why this stuff fails. Yeah. Because that, that's moronic. If you just be honest with people say, look, outside is pretty much okay. Try to stay some distance. If you're talking to someone, stay, stand a few feet away from them. Don't get right in their face. You know, I mean, if, you, if you're inside, yes. especially in a crowded environment, like, put a mask put a on. Mask. It's a good idea. Like, if they would just be honest and say, like, and by the way, we should be honest with you. We're not 100% sure how much this is going to help. I mean, most of the science shows it'll help a little bit, some better than others. But, like, it's probably not going to end the thing, but it's going to help and, and help us keep things open. Like, okay. that's I think most people okay. would be like, all right, well, yes. I mean, I'll wear it whenever I can then, I guess, yes. you know. I, I feel like they're just people get so, so beaten down by these like false, you know, promises. Don't wear a mask, wear a mask. You know, this it, it passes. You know, it's all about washing your hands. Remember that from the beginning? Now it's, yes. like, eh, it's not really about washing your hands anymore. That stuff just frustrates people. And we got into such a deal. You know, remember when they first uh, locked us down, we were all ready to do the 15 days. Yeah. Right. In March, we're all ready to do the 15 days because we had already been doing it. Yeah. Yep. And then but at the end of the 15 days, it's like, well, now we're going to go for another 30. Days. Another 30. Now we're going to go for another. And then the next thing you know, we're, we're canceling stuff that's happening next year. Yeah. Uh, I think it was um, Philadelphia just announced yeah. they are going to cancel all public yes. gatherings, outdoors, city events till March 2021. March 2021. Like, Past the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, I don't. No, there's no Christmas stuff. Yeah. None of it. None of it. My, and that's my, where my wife is. She's freaking out about losing the Christmas stuff because she loves that stuff. Oh, well. You know. I mean, um, it's a good thing nobody in my household likes Christmas, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Um, let me get one last thing from you here. Um, there's been a story going around, oh, and boy. I feel like you're the expert no. to go to on this. <laughs> it's not mine. No. <laughs> well, that's a totally different one. Um, if you're going to eat bats, oh, yeah, okay. you go to Wuhan, you go to a wet market, is there a specific bat? <laughs> you've actually been able to uncover a pattern here that if you're going to have some bat soup, you should select specific yeah, bats. You want to get ones that aren't all shook. You want to get the, just the, the fresh, nice, good mood bats. Good, the, mood, good bats. mood bats. What yeah. does this mean? Well, there was, there was a, an expert on that talked about the reason that people were getting sick from the bats weren't because the uh, Wuhan uh, uh medical facility mm-hmm. was selling the bats that they were testing right they were selling the bats that weren't tested but because they gather the bats and get them in a riled up mood that's what makes them a better test subject okay right? because their metabolism changes and uh it makes it better to test them with okay so even if they haven't been tested they're already riled up Right? Okay. They've already got their metabolism right. changed. Uh-huh. And so if you give those to the market, and I happen to buy one by some, you know, <laughs> scrupulous dealer, right. no. you know, that's selling me riled up bats, then, uh, you know, it's possible that you could get sicker. So you want to, you want to pick the more calm bats <laughs> yes. to put in your soup. Yes. Have, if you're, you're going to have bat soup, you want the calm bats. Have they discussed like bat sedatives? Would that help? Ooh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to talk to the experts about that. <laughs> We're going to have to. Look, you wanted science. Obviously, you come to Jeff Fisher. Hello. Uh, from Chewing the Fat with uh, Jeffy. 
Uh, by the way, you can get that uh, podcast uh, every single, uh, well, I don't know, whenever Jeffy shows up. Uh, you, yeah. get, <laughs> you get it wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you rate and review the podcast and check out Jeffy's uh, meandering thoughts uh, of all sorts of things, solving huge scientific yeah, issues. Thank you. And worrying about the... Uh, the well the struggles, the struggles, the struggles of people of, on that planet. Like Rob, Robert De Niro. Uh, you can also check out Jeffy on all the shows here at blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll get 10 bucks off. Back in a second. Thanks, Jeffy. Intermittent fasting is an interesting topic to talk about when Jeffy is in studio. It is, isn't it? You know, because you're pretty much a faster. You're just I a guy. I, I mean. I am an intermittent faster. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> when he's breathing in between bites, that's when he's intermittent fasting. <laughs> um, yeah, Fast Blast makes this easy, though. They, uh, they have this great uh, program they can put you through, kind of like line out exactly how you're supposed to do this. Usually it's like two days a week where you do this, with, you know, fasting, for lack of a better word. It's not really fasting, though, because... Um, you have fast blast smoothies, which are fantastic, and you get to. So you're still filling yourself up. Um, it's a more restrictive day, but you're getting these smoothies. And then on the other days, um, you're able to have. Uh, you don't eat at certain parts of the day, so you still get to eat the foods that you like. You don't have to restrict what kinds of food that you uh, eat, but you do get to uh, to, to uh, lose weight and lose it fast. You know, you, you, the, the scale moves every day. And for Jeffy and I, a lot of times it moves every day, but it moves the wrong way. Uh, it moves the right way when you're on Fast Blast. We always tell you to do your own homework, uh, so make sure you uh, go to uh, fastblast.com slash blaze. The slash blaze part, of course, is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. So get started today with Fast Blast for a healthier and smaller you. It's fastblast.com slash blaze. Welcome back to the program. Jason Buttrell, he's head writer and researcher for the Glenn Beck program. Glenn's newest special, Uncovering Black Lives Black Lives Matters, Plot to Destroy the Family. It's airing tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV, directly after this show. Jason, thanks for coming on the program. I'm kind of uncomfortable sitting here because the last time I wasn't feeling too great, and this desk was covered in plastic. So. Oh, yeah. If he's referring to the... Uh, <laughs> disastrous uh, 100th anniversary celebration stew does power hour you can get it for free on youtube still i think it might be available for some subscribers now too i don't know exactly how it works all i know is you should watch it it was very ridiculous yeah. it was a lot of fun and as a person i'm 44 years old now is that right yeah 44 um i I can't do that. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I mean, I was, it was two full days before I started feeling better, really, at all. The next day, I was feeling awful. Yeah. I, it's, it's like I said, it wasn't, it's not the alcohol. It's, it really, really isn't. It's just the, it's the constant, I, you just feel so full. I, I think that's what it was. You've yeah. done that twice now. That's your yeah. second time, right? Um, I, yeah, I've done it, well, a few times in my life, but on the air, I've done it a couple times. And, uh, <laughs> it's not fun, I will say. It, it's a fun, it, it's, I, it, looking back at it, I think next time we have to, like, force serious conversations, because we just screwed around for an hour, <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really fun. I had that a great was. time. Thanks so much for doing that. Yeah. That, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, so tonight, probably less fun. Yeah. We're talking about uh, just the, the destruction of the nuclear family. Uh, this is something that's been, you know, kind of a cornerstone of all civilization for quite a long time. Yeah, um, I think it's so important to watch tonight because uh, you, you read through the ridiculous things in the black. Actually, most people do not read through the no. ridiculous thing of the Black Lives Matter, their little manifesto, whatever. You, as most of it has nothing to do with uh, 
like racial justice. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It's 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 all a bunch of commie bullcrap. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's what it is. It's it's a bunch of Marxist stuff. And that's it's so important to, to highlight that because I think people hear that and they're like, oh, you just don't agree with it. Like, no, they've they have a website where they've written what they want. And I, and I'm waiting for the the politician or the commentator or someone who's who's cornered about Black Lives Matter. This has happened to Trump, and he says like, well, they're Marxists. I want you to stop the interview and open their website right now and look at it and read it back to me. Because people are getting this idea that this is our opinion. It's not. It's what they're saying, what leadership is saying. It's what their manifesto says. And it's not, it has nothing to do with black lives. It's it's the power of their catchphrase. You know, black lives matter. Of course they do. You know, and I think the majority of people, you see kids that are running out, those the millennials that are running out there and joining these protests, they have no idea. They, you know, they are protesting along with the idea of the catchphrase. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Yep. They don't understand that there's a group of people that are orchestrating all of this. They're, they are Marxists and they have another agenda. That's just all there is to it. And there's a lot of black leaders right now that, I, that I've been seeing lately that are starting to call this out. This thing about the family, this really got uh, prominence. You saw Marce- I'm sure you saw Marcellus Wiley. Yeah. Um, defensive end uh, for the Cowboys one year. Um, just want to point that out. Um, but he, um, he called this out and he was like, look, these stats, everyone knew this. I knew this back in, what was it, 95 when I was at Columbia. Columbia, by the way, not exactly a conservative stronghold, no. uh, that Columbia University. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, stats are stats. Math is math. You know, you, you can't really argue with that. And uh, he was talking about how, you know, they're just crushing stats. They're like, you know, um, kids that grow up in single family households, like, you know, twice as likely, you know, to go to jail, four times likely to, uh, you know, succumb to alcohol or drug abuse. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just they're devastating. They go on and on. We found uh, that it's not only Black Lives Matter that is pushing this stuff, even though they are. But there's also entire think tanks in Washington, D.C. that are pushing the destruction of traditional family. It, it, it boggles the mind how they even think, you know, that there's, there's obviously no stats, there's no math to back this up. When you look at this, I mean, it's something that utopian socialists have been, you know, pushing for a very long time. Yeah. Since the 1700s. And, and it's important to the socialist movement in that, like, if you think about socialism, they say, the, you know, they would say the global government in an international socialist sense. But like if a socialist became a president in the United States, they would say, we need to do X, Y and Z, these priorities by the federal government. And if you, the federal government couldn't do it directly, they'd assign it to the state government. And then they would assign that. If they couldn't do it, they would assign it to a local government. And the local government might do it to some, you know, regional coordinator or whatever. Um, that is the exact opposite of how conservatives view the world. We say, first, do it at the family. If you can't get it done at the family level, okay, we'll bump it up to the neighborhood. If you can't get it at the neighborhood, you bump it up to the local. You can't get it at the local, to the state, to the, to the federal, at the, as a last resort. It, and so the, 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 the family is the, is the little piece at the very bottom. It's the most local thing you can have, and it's important for them to destroy it. Such a good point, and can I jump off on a tangent really yeah. quick, just off of that point, because it it's been infuriating me lately. You'll see it, the two examples, one with all these people in government, uh, like, you know, governors like Cuomo, calling for the president to say, hey, it's time for a national mask mandate. I, did you did you yeah. not read the Constitution of your state when you went or the Constitution in general? He can't do that. It's no. not the way our government was built. That's not our system. No. Second, uh, second uh, most recently was um, 
the uh, um, what was it? Uh, the St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Missouri governor, yeah, who was all talking about how hey, the, I, the, you know, it was great, the, you know, the president of the United States saying he's going to step in and do something about you know the McClaus, the what was the McClowskis, the two gu- uh, the two gun. Uh, husband, wife, gun people that came. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. How there's, there's some, what is it, like circuit attorney in St. Louis that yeah. now wants to go after them? But the governor is saying, hey, it's good that the president's going to do. Are you not the governor? Like, this is your job. Yeah. Like, why are you immediately jumping to, that's how conservative conservatives think now. They're automatically thinking that, oh, let's wait till we hear from the federal government. It's not how the system works. You're the governor. Do something about this in your own state. Part of this is is the way we've taken the president of the United States as a position and made that into a celebrity position. Oh, absolutely. We essentially, you know, like I understand that, you know, Donald Trump is an important figure in this country, done some good things, some things I really like, some things I don't like so much. But but if you back off from that for a second. Our coverage should not be dominated by the president. You know, he likes to make himself the issue, and, and, and that's been a you know, pattern of his for many, many years as a promoter. He's a self-promoter. But like, that should not be how the United States of America looks at our system. We look to the president for answers all the time. And a celebrity Democratic president is bad enough. A celebrity Republican president is worse because now you have the people who wouldn't be looking to the president for the solutions all the time who are doing it. They're all looking at the, we got to have the president step in and do X, Y, and Z. Pass a freaking law. Right. You want something done, pass a law. Right. Uh, by and large, if you look globally, the United States president, this is going to hurt a lot of people to hear, but by and large, the United States president is the one of the weakest leaders in the entire world. Mm. He was, and it was done that way deliberately, intentionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> intentionally. He has the power to change to write some executive uh, orders. Um, that's about it. Those can go away in four years instantly. Pardon power. Pardon, yeah. That's a pretty sweet one. I, <laughs> right, I would be yeah. exploiting that like crazy. People are like, oh, I can't believe he would pardon Roger Stone. I'd be pardoning everybody I liked. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would totally abuse that one. Because uh, that's the only thing I would have fun doing, I think. I love how everyone that's all saying that about the president now had no issues at all with some of the Clinton, uh, no, Clinton pardons. Clinton, uh, Obama, they both, they both had a bunch. What was that? What was that uh, Kimberly McDougal or something like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. That was actually involved with Whitewater. It was exactly the same as this Roger Stone case. Mm-hmm. Involved with Whitewater... She gets pardoned. Same yeah. thing, exact same thing. I am of the, uh, uh, you know, where this is, we're getting off track here. Totally off track. <laughs> yeah. I am of the uh, position that we should get rid of the pardon power for the president um, because it's the most king-like thing in the yeah. Constitution. It does not fit at all. Yeah. Like the, the founders were like, yeah, we gotta get rid of that king, but. Oh, wait, this has been upside down the whole time. That's got to be driving people crazy. Why didn't anybody say anything to me? That's got to be driving people crazy. Uh, sorry, my card was upside down for those listening on podcast. Um, the, uh, the, the concept of a, of, a, uh, of, a, of a king who could just be like, you know what, my friends, you're free. You're, you, you've committed no crimes. You're above the law. That's a weird concept for the United States of America. Yeah, it's not the way the, it's not, it's not the, way the, the United States was working, but it's kind of the, the, the direction that we're moving in directly, yeah. whether, it's, whether it is the president or whether it's the judicial system, which is also acting very, very similar. Yes, it's a weird freaking world. Uh, Jason Buttrell, uh, head writer and researcher for the Glenn Beck Program. Thanks for coming on the show. And I'm gonna, just to make this, just, I'm just gonna turn this upside <laughs> down so it really freaks you out for the rest of the segment. Uh, be sure to stay tuned right after this. Tonight, Glenn's brand new special, Uncovering Black Lives Matter's to uh, destroy the family airs tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, directly after this show. You can always subscribe at blazetv.com slash stew. Make sure to use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save 10 bucks. Back in a minute. Did you know that Andrew Cuomo was awful? Dot com. 
It's true. Andrew Cuomo is one of the worst governors in human history at this point, and I cannot take him getting credit for stuff. I do feel like it's turned uh, on him a little bit. The poster stunt that we went over yesterday was not well received. Uh, he got beat up by everybody. Uh, Jake Tapper was hammering him. A lot of people, even on the left and, and moderates, were hammering him uh, yesterday. Um, one thing, though, in the monologue, if you missed it from yesterday's program, we were talking about how he keeps trying to take credit as if he's done a good job in New York. And I compared how way more people have died in New York than in Texas, even though Texas has far more people. And so I thought it would be interesting to put together two graphs. And I haven't I, had, I didn't have it ready yesterday because we kind of came up with it last minute. But we wanted to put them together to show it to you today. These are the two graphs of New York. And I believe this is New York and Florida. And if you see the giant hump at the top there, that's New York. And, you know, up to a thousand deaths a day in New York were happening back in uh, late April, mid to late April, where you see uh, the little tiny red at the bottom is Florida this entire time. You see how Florida has never had a spike. I mean, it's up a little bit now. It's up slightly higher than New York now. But the success story is not New York who gave us the literal worst case scenario that we were pitched when we told we were told to flatten the curve. You have this big spike and then it comes down quickly. The, the curve has been flattened in Florida. Whether they can keep it flat is part of the game and it's hard. It's a hard thing to, to control. But to act as if Andrew Cuomo did a good job here is patently false. He's not a good governor. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. Real estate agents I trust.com. That's the place to go to get a real estate agent. It's important when you're trying to sell a home. It's challenging. It's not easy. You need to have someone who has some actual knowledge over things. Someone's going to come in and take charge of the situation. You don't just want somebody who was working somewhere else and lost their job and decided to take a real estate class and you're their first client. Look, they might be great. Who knows? There's a lot of people who everyone's got to start somewhere, right? But realestateagentsitrust.com decides that, you know what? The place that they're starting is not going to be you. They're going to get people who are highly competent, highly experienced, who know the market, who have gone through a screening process. That's what Real Estate Agents I Trust does. It's Glenn's company, if you don't know that. He built this company years and years ago uh, to make sure that he could, you know, have solid uh, agents uh, in a pool that you didn't have to go sort through and buy or pick out an agent from a, you know, a bus bench. Uh, if you're looking to purchase a home, partner with somebody you trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. About a decade ago, LeBron James left his uh, hometown of Cleveland to go to Miami in a big spectacle that everyone pretty much hated. Uh, and it was called The Decision. Remember this on ESPN? J.J. Redick, basketball player, he is uh, saying that the hate LeBron received after the decision was racist. He said, quote, people were uncomfortable with a powerful black man making a decision for himself. Uh, and that... And that goes back to systemic racism in our society. Like, I don't know, but that, that seems like a total BS excuse. We all know the real reason there's that racist happened. And I mean, there's only one real excuse why that was racist, because everything is racist. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. All right, please review the show on iTunes. Five stars, the appropriate amount of stars. Denise, not Denephew, says, Stop calling your amazing show stupid. 
unless your full name is stupid and you go by Stu. If that's the case, then your mom needs to be slapped. How dare you assault my mom? She listens to this program. Or maybe she called you uh, that to make you tough. I don't know, like Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue. It's possible. I will say four stars, not the appropriate number of stars. No more reviews shall be mentioned on this program if it's not five freaking stars. How about this one? Kim Jong Cuomo. I've seen every episode, including promos. I usually watch the same episode multiple times and listen again via iTunes. Thank you. I even watched the ill-advised power hour. That was a mistake. Kim Jong Cuomo is one of the funniest. Also, it's great. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Uh, I mean, they're all just amazing, as usual. Thank you so much for doing it. I appreciate it. We will see you tomorrow for more racist talk.